0: What's going on? This is Obasi from the Black Out Loud podcast. I just want to give you all a bit of a heads up. So at certain parts, it sounds like Justin and I are speaking over one another. That's just not the case. Uh, You know, we keep it respectful. Uh, For whatever reason, we had some technical difficulties and it made it sound like we were speaking over one another, but we're not. So I just want to give you all a heads up. Hope you enjoyed this part, too. Peace. Strategic action. So how can we use a spiritual pragmatism or spiritual practice in such a way that it formulates an practice that can be facilitated and disseminated to the people so they can operationalize? And that's the key thing. Many of the spiritual dynamics and factors and uh, religiosity and things we go through with religion, it, it doesn't have a means of operationalizing it in such a way we can make use of it so that a religiosity, is making use of us as opposed to us making use of it. And and we get change and we're putting all our money into the church only for it to not be reciprocated in such a way that we can make good of it in a way that we can enhance and develop ourselves. And that's why these principles, if applied, can develop us in such a way um, that we can uh, propel ourselves and move forward. So um, we're almost at, we're Mm -hmm. at 47 minutes I want to try to make this an hour and 10 because I know initially we wanted to go an hour, but hopefully it's an hour and 10. And maybe if we have to, we can spice it up and make it one full episode. uh, We can figure that out later. But I'm going to get the principles of Kwanzaa, the the Ngoza Saba, which means seven principles. These seven principles are essentially standards of personal and social excellence directed toward building and sustaining moral community and strengthening and maintaining the community's capacity to define, defend, and develop its interests in the most positive and productive sense. there again, we're talking about pragmatism. We're talking about how can we utilize this to fortify and strengthen us? So the, the first principle is Umoja, which means unity. In a traditional uh, definition of Umoja is to strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, nation, and race. And just to shorten that, um, it's a phrase by um, a comic book creator who's a a fellow Aggie like me, uh, Roosevelt Pitt Mm -hmm. Jr. He has a term he calls B1, which stands for short for black first, essentially. Mm -hmm. B1, black first. We have to be black first and making sure that we're trying to be uh, representatives of peace and being peacekeepers amongst ourselves that's our family, our community, our nation, our race, and um, and also uh, a grave misconception with unity. A lot of times we conflate unity with a uniformity. And that doesn't mean that we're so deeply woven and in sync that we have to agree on that's everything. True. That's, that's um, unfathomable, and it's unrealistic in many cases. It's not feasible. So what is... More feasible is how can we understand each other and connect our similarities as opposed to focusing on our dissimilarities? And also, another myth it, unity doesn't mean a monolith. That doesn't mean we're all on agreement with everything, like I said. It means we share similarities and we have a common goal that we're striving for. How can we work together? for that common goal, even though we may have some dissimilarities, right. but our similarities and, and just, are greater than you the know, dissimilarities when we come back on what you're saying about, you know, like
1: being in, being in, being unified, but not necessarily agreeing on every single thing. That's the opposite effect of that is, oh, we're in agreement when we have a favorite sports team. We're in agreement mm-hmm. with, you know, when it's time to disassociate ourselves from certain individuals within our community who have damaged and done our community wrong is this, this this thing that we have in in a pop culture where we uh, cancel culture we're we, we, you know get rid of or disassociate ourselves from individuals who have done who've done yeah. wrong things and our disassociation gives us an opportunity to you know move forward without like we don't we don't need that particular piece we don't need that particular mm-hmm. individual we don't need their their ide- ideologies with their movement you know so we're unified in certain in certain areas in certain pockets and you know, when it comes to our freedom and liberation yeah. we need to be unified not necessarily in agreement with every single thing but just know that hey each of us we're we're important in in this, we are we are just different pieces of the puzzle. We all bring different things to the movement. We all have different energies. We we can we can be uh, what's the word? I'm not I'm not sure the word I'm looking for. We we can we can be surrounded. We can surround our uh, one political idea or one one particular objective to get something done.
0: Mm. And if
1: we focus on our differences too much, will it, it will take away from the the purpose and what what needs to happen, Mm -hmm. what must be done.
0: Right, right, right. You know, so keeping the issue, the issue, and we can all agree, not agree upon necessarily, but we can all um, um, facilitate a a healthy unity around the common issue or uh, or, um, common issue or subject that we're trying to use as a means to push us forward as a people. Yes. And I think about, to correlate with that point, I think about um, the Trump supporters, the white thugs, uh, the white degenerates, uh, the ones who were pillaging and plundering that stormed the Capitol building. They had what is called an ethno-socio-racial codification. I know it's a big term, but to shorten that, they knew, hey, we white, we agree upon the politics of supporting Trump and everything he stands mm-hmm. for. The divisiveness, the division, um, the <laughs> the uh, malevolence, debauchery, all the negative superlatives you want to throw in there. We stand on that with him, so we have a code. You think all those white people agreed on all the issues that has to do with politics or religion and so on and so forth? No, there's no way what they did know, we have an ethno-socio-racial code that undergirds and supports our movement. And they all came there upon the thousands and thousands, and they decided we're going to do this. So, like I said earlier, to to connect the dots, some of the best things come from the worst people. That, that was a terrible set of people, but... A, one of the better things that came from out of that, the level of unity that they had to have in terms of an ethno-social code, ethno-social racial code they had to have in order to facilitate such a demonstration as in that same way. We've done that with the Marcus Garveys, the, the Dr. King, and Malcolm X. They were able to harmonize the people. You think all the black Absolutely. people that was there yeah. for them in the lectures and their movements when they were shaking and moving and getting things done? You think they mm-hmm. agreed on every single issue no i'm sure a lot of divisiveness but the one thing they did know was b1 black first and if we can keep that mentality it could really uh help spearhead a lot of movement and um with the principle of umoja uh in 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 mind in terms of uh unity so keeping emoji a uh, forefront and we could you know solve a lot of things uh, the next principle is Chagaliya, which means self-determination. A uh, common definition for that is to define ourselves, name ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak for ourselves. This is vital um, because self-determination is important for anything that you want to do with any type of level of success. With a, uh, with, uh, a finite amount of success, you have to have self-determination. In terms of with the name yourself, that's why I decided to rename myself because I wanted to be able to shed the weight of having that negative stigma and association mm. with having my name represent or to denote that my family was the property of another family and where my family was dehumanized, they were marginalized, subjugated um, on the basis of making money off our free labor um so i wanted to rename myself to create and carve out a whole new lane and a whole new legacy where my kids can be born without the weight of having an oppressor's name affixed to their legacy and i think that's imperative and of course everybody's not going to jump on board with that because you have to be really radical with that that took me two years to change my name legally um so and everybody's not willing to do that upheaval when you you, you have to, to, get to do everything work. changed i mean you have to get a new oh. social security card. Uh, okay. You have to get a new license. You got to get things changed. You, get you don't have to get a new number, but you have to get a new card with a new name. The, the number stays the same, but you have to get a new card that reflects your, your new name. You have to get your, your license, your mm-hmm. license, and the money you pay for that. Maybe getting a lawyer involved to, to speak on your behalf when your Ooh. name change And background, background, I had to get a federal, state, and local background check that took time, you know, so it's, it's, it's a, it is a rigorous process, an arduous process. And if you're not prepared to undergo that with the type of psyche of Kujichagulia self-determination, then it's going to be an insurmountable task for you. Yes. And, um, and we just have to create for ourselves and speak for ourselves. We have to have our own voices. That's why our podcast is imperative. 'Cause we have our own voices. Yes. We're using this platform to articulate and disseminate a message. Right. And that's that that's something when you just empower and galvanize about, the people you know that can change rigorous things in their local name It's
1: almost when you describe it it's almost as if just the quote-unquote powers to be, you know, not want to change your name. <laughs> you have to have a certain level of discipline and patience to undergo that process. Like, I I did not know that it was – I thought it was just, like, paperwork. Mm-hmm. You had to pay a certain fee and uh, you have to wait a couple months. I didn't know that there was a federal, state, and local background.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I wish – I wish. And even with that, that's the irony of it. Okay. On one end, they rob you of your name and then affix a new name, assign a new name to you. And then, in order to get it changed and recognized legally, of course, I changed it. I changed it three years ago, but it took me two years for me to get it changed legally. So once I got married and I have kids eventually, They could be assigned a name once they go through the systems that they're going to go through but they steal your name and then for you to get a new name to to free yourself to emancipate yourself from the name that denotes your enslavement it costs you money to get a name back so that's just the irony of it and guess who you have to pay the white man the same one that stole the name from you to begin with but that's just the rich irony of uh, white oh imperialism God. and uh, capitalism and how they can almost commodify get it, get it, and monetize you know, get it, and right, but now, that's we'll a different subject for another day <laughs> we're, we're, talking about, we're, we're talking about self-determination but but you got to have self-determination and my self-determination was molded by the yeah. self-determination of the likes of dr Amos wilson in my estimation the greatest black psychologists or just greatest psychologists period if not the greatest, he's definitely in the top five and anybody's top yes. five that knows anything about black psychology. He's definitely top. He's top three to me. Top two. He's top one in every time for me. But um, and not just Dante Amos Wilson, Malcolm X, his self-determination and Muhammad Ali. Those Muhammad Ali is who really inspired me to change my name and the self-determination he had because people were still calling him Cassius Clay. And, you know, he even had to beat up a man in the midst of a fight. He was still screaming at him saying, "Uh, what's my name? Um, (laughs) Because he wouldn't say his name. He would call him Cassius Clay. He wouldn't call him Muhammad Ali. And so you just have to have that self-determination. In spite of my vicissitudes and in spite of my adversity, I'm going to still meet this challenge because what's in me is greater than me within the challenge because I make up the challenge based upon my predetermined defaults in terms of my framework in terms of my mentality and my spirit i'm self-determined our ancestors had to be self-determined to break free from slavery to fight back to get their own freedom to now be here and still be successful after all all the centuries of wow. so many that's,
1: that's, that's, machinations that's really and, and schemes um, and just and real quick you know being put self-determined forward to for to me,
0: stop our progress
1: we can do this we can do this on our own we can have our own government. We can have our own political infrastructure. We can have our own uh, our own economic base. We can have our own mm-hmm. schools. We can take care of our our people when we're sick and when something's broken. We can fix it without any assistance from anybody else, any other race, any other ethnicity, any other culture that's outside of our own. You know, we are the other people. We still, we're, we're the reason mm-hmm. all of this exists in the first place. Why should we be so dependent on other people to solve our issues when they? Mm-hmm. You know, created the issues for us to have to figure out, you know, some people run Mm. some people run through a pipeline to get to where they are. We have to run through mazes that turn and that change every single day. The goalposts are moved. uh, You know, things are things are happening. The inner workings of this system that we're under is not in our favor. So we have to create create something on our own and that we believe that we can do it ourselves without anyone's assistance. That's pretty much what I took, what I take from kool and being self-determined people.
0: Exactly. OK. You know, so um, that, you know, this line lot of information. Hopefully, you know, people absolutely jot down some notes and, and uh, can really learn and grow from it. Uh, going absolutely. the next principle, Ujima, which means collective work and responsibility. Uh, why is community important? And a basic definition for that is to build and maintain our community together mm-hmm. and make our brothers and sisters problems our problems and to solve mm-hmm. them together. Uh, so I think that pretty much speaks for itself. Um, I think it's important that we don't see... Um, Tyrone, or oh, we don't see right. uh, Jaleesa's issue as, oh, that's her issue. And um, right. Tupac eloquently and, and brilliantly uh, scripted it um, the importance of Ujima, U- mm. collective work and responsibility, and Brenda's Got a Baby, um, where they basically said the lyric uh, where he was saying, um, that's not our problem, that's up to Brenda's family. Well, he said, well, let me show you how it affects our whole community that was so incisive and poignant when the brother said, well, that's not our problem. That's up to Brenda's family. He said, well, let me show you how it affects our whole community. We have to realize that these issues are not individualized. These are systemic issues that affect not just one of us because we're all links. We're all our own entities, of course, but we're links in a chain. So it's a domino effect. If something affects you, it also affects the entirety of the community. And when we have that type of mentality where it's not just their mm-hmm. issue in isolation, and we also have to break that down contextually, mm-hmm. being indoctrinated and culcated, imbued with this Eurocentric materialistic, individualized perspective of me, 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 pull myself up by my own bootstraps if I can do it. And that's problematic too. A lot of black successful people, they'll finally get to the top and like a Ben Carson say, well do it on your own. When Ben Carson, he was poor and came out of poverty, and his mama benefited from welfare for him to get to the ranks where he where he reached. But we get we get amnesia and we forget that we had to have assistance. And that's where it's important that we start to um, employ that mm-hmm. um, that perspective of Harambe altogether. Now we have to have that perspective mm-hmm. and, and realize that their struggle is our struggle, and right. we're not yeah, free until all. Right. all of us are
1: and free. When you speak of collective work and responsibility, I I, I kept right. going over yeah. just one word in my in my head. Uh, well, two words actually, because they pretty much mean the same thing: accountability and tough love. Mm-hmm. Accountability in a sense that if there are individuals mm. within our community who are applying these principles, they have to actually put in real work. And when I say real work, I don't mean just the physical component of work. I mean the, the mm-hmm. mental component of work, the spiritual component of work. And an example of this is what we discussed before when you know we had a conversation and you were telling me that you have to study and show yourself approved. You have I have to continue to study and uh, learn more things uh, mm-hmm. more things that will benefit us you know in in the future in the long run because this it is it's just, it's not a sprint it's a marathon you have to continue to, to read you have to continue to mm-hmm. grow in the, in the in the language and the information and collect collect as much of it as you possibly can you can utilize that and you told me you know you have a beautiful mind but you have to put it to good use. And if we're going to do this, do this thing together. If we're going to practice the, uh, fulfill the principle of Ujima and have collective work and responsibility, we have to hold each other accountable and call each other. Yeah. We're not doing enough because a, a, a we. You know, there 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 may be some weak links in a chain. There are, you know, we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. But if our weaknesses become cancerous, and it it, it kind of mm. creates a a, a a bit of dysfunction mm. in everything that we're trying to build. It can, it can really, it can set us back even further. And so that, that's, there's a level of accountability, but also discipline and just, you know, tough love, mm-hmm. just, you know, it, it may not, it may not be, it, it's not, it's never going to feel good to hear the truth, but the truth is still necessary. It doesn't make it less necessary because you don't want to <laughs> hear it, you know? Because we're all in this together yeah. and your issue is, is our issue now. <laughs> you know, your your yeah. your weakness yeah. could become a cancer yeah. and your cancer could affect the body of, of work and the things that we're trying to build.
0: Exactly. And, right. and even with telling the truth, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be blunt. It doesn't mean you have to be belligerent, being compassionate with the truth and, and also not housing any type of insidious or cancerous behaviors. That could be destructive to the community, calling it out so for brothers, if you're seeing another brother um, being disrespectful towards women, or if you see that you know he's being abusive, learning how to get another community of brothers to intervene in that situation because I realize kind of some of that can be um, volatile and it could predict, it could produce a, a unhealthy outcome in terms of potential gun violence and so on and so forth. So not necessarily on a solo tip, but making sure you get enough of brothers with you to somehow intervene in that situation. And, of course, ideally, I wouldn't want to get the police involved. But if it comes down to it and you've tried every other method, then unfortunately having to get the police involved, particularly if it's a a deadly situation. If you saw that or if it's with women, you see seeing other women saying, oh, oh, oh," well, I hate Mm -hmm. the word, but saying, I don't want to use the word, but saying N-word. In words ain't ish. You know what the rest is. You know, and it kind yeah. of perpetuating this whole notion that all men aren't worth anything. You know, that toxic, destructive um, myth that all black men aren't worth anything or they don't have any value. You know, so really weeding out any type of destructive behaviors that's just not helpful or acceptable for the community. Um, the next principle is... Um, uh let's see, what's the next, Prince? How do you pronounce this? Ujama. OK, I think I'm Christian. Sure that's it Ujama? No, that's it, Ujama. Uh, Ujama is uh, cooperative economics. Does the Black dollar matter? A uh, basic definition for that is, um, see here, to build and maintain our own store, shops, and other businesses to profit from them together. Um, A brother on Facebook, I shared his post. He had an interesting take on that. I'm going to read that. Uh, Some would like to reduce Ujamaa to cooperative economics, to consumerism, which is a fixture of capitalism, by the way. Uh, Ujamaa is more than simply buying black. It is the creation of a a communal economy predicated upon uh, the ethic of sharing with one another or providing for our own needs and being self-sufficient. So you can see that is a more detailed perspective as opposed to just consumerism, because that just flows right back into capitalism, which is the overall framework here in America. So until we have the power to change that, unfortunately, that's what we're um, having to participate in. But uh, within that, adding the element of communalism, where it's just you fending and, fending and protecting for your group of people, once again, being black first, uh economy predicated on the ethic of sharing with one another and providing for our needs, so on and so forth. Of course, we're limited in that to some degree because we don't have black ownership in every vital um, dyna- dynamic and um, need in life in terms of certain products and services. But when you can try to invest in that and also facilitate in a system where we have our own kind of economy there. And also another um A deep-seated misconception or myth is that Black people, although we do have billions of dollars of spending, there's so many systemic fixtures and and so many schemes and machinations that are in place that would preclude our progression in such a way that we can't just put all our funds together to really just build our own economy all together. And we have to realize that the white power structure plays a vital role in our ability to truly have that um, sovereignty that we're looking for financially. Although we can do more black spending and, and facilitate an economy, of course, that's great. But the notion that just our spending power alone if black people just harmonize their money, then we will be fine. That's overlooking the, the hundreds of years of codified structures that's been put in place to stop us. Yeah, just, to, just to add on to what you were saying, uh, successful cooperative and economics beautiful.
1: and being Black black and economically empowered at the same time. Pretty much, I, it was a quote, and I don't know if uh, Brother Dame Dash, I don't know if he was the originator of the quote, but he said it and it made a lot of sense. And it was my first time hearing it. He says, to be economically empowered is, is to, you know, if you have a problem, you pay for it. And there's there's really no solid... no solid structure or Mm -hmm. anything that's created from our black wealthy elite. And, you know, even even my favorite, everybody knows I'm a Jay-Z fan. You know, I love Jay-Z, but there's nothing in place at the moment to where we have an economic Mm -hmm. base set up for us by our own people who are in that particular space to where the economics are, you know, it's 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 spread out. Everyone can participate in this particular thing that we do economically. That's for us. We don't have that at the moment, and and we're we're starting to see, you know, it's it's a bit trendy at the moment. You know, just having, you know, we're seeing more African, more, more of our people, uh, black people collect, uh, getting into, working their way into spaces of economic and, uh, empowerment. where they have have the funds. They have uh, more liquid than anything, but they're. They're they're beginning to you know own more things. Uh, we we see we've seen that recently with the uh, the rapper Rick Ross has uh, you know purchasing a hundred acres of land that he that he owns. That's something that he owns. He can put anything he wants on that particular plot of land, and more of our people get into small business and getting into stocks and trading and all these things are are, yeah. are well and good. But just we have do we have to, we do have to remember that we are a part of a capitalistic society. And it's it's very easy to get caught up in the 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 ways and the customs and uh, mm-hmm. the the inner workings of this particular system that hasn't benefit majority of the people. It only benefits a few. So do you want to be a part of the few, or do you want to take your financial uh, yeah your, your 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 financial knowledge and your information that you want to spread it around? Do you do you see us? do you see everybody coming up? Is, is it, is it, is uh, is lonely? Is it lonely at the top or is there a room and space for everyone? You know, what, what type of mentality goes into, you know, what type of mentality mm-hmm. goes into having a solid system in place for us? What type of mentality goes into not just creating wealth and, you know, generating funds for ourselves, but also our community. Like you said, be one. We we have to be black first <laughs> before anything else. So it has to matter to us because there are the, the system that is in place now and mm-hmm. as well as other systems outside of just economics, all these things are designed to benefit one particular group and subjugate or utterly destroy other groups. This, that's just point blank. So you're, abs- you're absolutely right in what you were saying and I think this is this may be mm-hmm. the most important piece. I, I'm sure there's I mean this is 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 just as important as everything else, but in terms of you know building something uh building building a home base, building something that's going to last for a very long time and it's gonna get us to our, our our goal, we do have to be economically in, in economically empowered. And this is a very this is a very important principle. Um so yeah, that's that's what I was thinking in terms of being mm-hmm. empowered being and how our black dollars can can help push us forward
0: mm-hmm. yeah exactly you know so um i really mm-hmm. appreciated your definition of that and uh, i think our listeners would definitely benefit from that um yep. we have about uh, i want to try to get this mm-hmm. done in under an hour and 30 we're at an hour and 15 we have three more principles to right, go. Right. so as much as possible maybe not elaborating too deeply uh just so we can fit this fit this in within this time frame but uh the next one is near purpose uh basic definition for that um let's see here where is it um to make our collective vocation the building and developing of our community in order to restore our people to their traditional greatness for me um I do that in terms of what I believe my purpose is and I, I feel like a, a great um definition of that. I'm gonna pull it up here. Let's see. Um Okay, yes, with uh, yes. uh it man is it feel weird just to say, but uh rest in power, Chadwick Bozeman ancestor now. Um, He says, purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Very incisively poignant and powerful. Uh, For me, I feel as though my purpose is connected with enriching and inspiring and uplifting the lives of others who are dealing with a great deal of pain agony, stress, doubt, frustration, even going back to my years in undergrad at A&T, Aggie Pride, (laughs) um, I found myself constantly being asked for solutions or actions that can be taken or advice that can be applied to help facilitate someone's growth and development or their problems being mitigated to some degree. And I, so, centrally, I feel like my purpose is to help increase the value of others and to see themselves as being worthwhile and having the abilities to do for themselves. So, I essentially help people help themselves, and that touches mm-hmm. on self determination. So, that's what I think, to a great a great degree, is my purpose: to help others understand that they can uh, use their own abilities to push themselves to their, own, to limits that they have. Right. And that's, thought and that's, that that that's, a, that's, a really great purpose. And I, I truly commend you for that. And you do that very so. well. I, I believe,
1: because um, you've, helped, you've helped me out in a lot of ways as well. Me, my, I, I believe my purpose
0: Appreciate that
1: is to, to be of service to other people. Um, maybe not in the exact same way that you've done it, but just, just briefly, I, I, I just believe that I'm here to, to help, to help people in areas where I'm able to help them. Um, in ways that mm-hmm. I'm able to help them, whether it be some financially, some just hey, uh, I need a hand with this, mm-hmm. or hey, I'm hungry. Could you help me here? Uh, you know, I, I I do that with my my coworkers. I do that with the people that are in my life, my roommates, family, especially. Now I'm mm-hmm. just I'm just here to serve. It's it's not, you know, the, the, I'm not. I don't I don't want to take away <laughs> take up too much time, number one. But I don't want to take away too much of give too much of myself. I I, I never feel that. I'm always just. You know, hey, if there's anything you need and I can provide for for you, and I have the means and the resources, I will,
0: right? So everybody has their own purpose, and you can find that usually by asking yourself, "What is it that I'm most passionate about?" Or what is it that attracts me? Many other times, what is it that compels me? What is it that galvanizes me? Gives mm-hmm. me a surge of energy? Uh, invigorates me. Uh, what is it that I do the easiest mm-hmm. with the uh, minimal effort? Because that's usually something you just have a pension for. So asking those critical introspective questions can bring you into closer proximity of where you're supposed to be at in mm-hmm. life. And like uh, was said, that can cross disciplines. It, it may not be one specific thing. So figuring out what that is mm-hmm. for yourself, it could be multiple things. Um, next is Kuamba, uh, Q- uh, I think that it is, Kuamba, which is creativity. How can we use our talents and abilities? Uh, a, bas- a basic definition for that is <clears throat> to, to do always as much as we can in the way we can in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited. So that's basically like purpose to a degree as well. Figuring out what's the most creative ways that you can sew back into reality. um For me, um, I, mm. I started taking up um, comic books. I'm really interested in comic books and more specifically storytelling. So that's something I'm investing, investing my interest in is telling stories. You know, so I'm, I'm working on a comic book. Uh, I'm working on a comic book hero, superhero. Working on a comic book as well for the near future so i can start to invest in our young ones right brain thinking and abstract uh sight and perception and, and what are what are the, the fables and stories and folklore that we can lean on in this modern time just like we did in retrospective times that will help inspire us to be enhanced versions of ourselves I, absolutely. And, and i and, and, I, and I respect
1: that you know cuz uh, they're, they're doing a lot of that in, in the hollywood space or the hollywood space at times <laughs> just you know Turning comic books and creating films, uh, some pretty great films. No, I give give credit to what is do uh, in terms of you yeah. know, the directions, but that's 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 interesting that you getting into comic books. Uh, I, I say my create my, my greatest talent uh, would have to be other than you know my sense of humor. I, I I truly believe that writing rhymes and rapping, being a lyricist and an MC, is probably my greatest talent that I, that I, that I use. I Sometimes I just go back over my lyrics and, you know, not to, not to boast or brag, but I just truly believe it's some of the best stuff ever, you know, because so, if I'm, if I'm listening to someone else say what I just wrote, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like I would be shocked. Like, Oh man, I, you know, so that's, that's super impressive. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And just figuring out ways in which I can use my, my creativity to, you know, not just, not just catch your ear, you know, but to deliver a very a strong message in 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 between the 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 lines mm-hmm. a bit, you know. I, how can I, you know, not not hide it, but you know, make it cryptic in a particular way to where you think you're hearing one thing, but this yeah. is really talking about yeah. something else. I love doing that. when I write. Uh, that's that's a that's a strength within my mm-hmm. my talent. I love doing that. All
0: right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's definitely something that not just anybody can just wake up and decide to do. You you have to have a penchant for, you have to have a natural talent and ability to perceive life in such a way to where you can construct lyrics. And another um, co- component for me just in general, <clears throat> excuse me, is just writing. I love to write, you know, so p- for people who follow my Facebook posts, writing is something that just comes naturally mm-hmm. for me. And I can just, I'm a problem. And this is just me being confident. I'm a problem. If you give me time, Mm -hmm. a a pen or a pencil or a phone or a computer to type in, laptop to type on, I'm going to be a problem. And you give me a subject matter that I'm really keyed into and you give me a dictionary, (laughs) I'm going to be a problem, you know, because I'm going to construct some words. I'm going to sew some words together that's going to formulate and, um, that's gonna project a message that's gonna really um most likely harmonize with other people in such a way that you know it yes. really provides insight so uh we're down we've got six more minutes so we're we're almost finished here imani which means faith which talks about the importance of spirituality um the basic definition for that is to believe with all of our heart in our people our parents and teachers our leaders and righteousness and the righteousness and victory over our struggles for me faith is is a uh, part and parcel of my spirituality which is ifa uh, so we're talking about the orishas uh, we're talking about Ola Dumare, uh, and we're talking about your connection with your ancestors and so those are just a few components of ifa mm-hmm. uh, for those who are interested i would definitely look that up and um Maybe even look on my page. You, you'll see some posts about it. Um, but that's where my faith comes from. Um, my spiritual system, my ancestors and before me. That You're absolutely right. And that There's a greater day beyond the one. That I I'm see
1: faith as, you know, just operating in the unseen, just believing, believing in what's happening in the things or in the spaces where you're not able to see uh, visually. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, have to, you have to you have to see things with a with a different eye. Um, and it's and it's there's a feeling that, that comes over me when I have to face my yeah. issues, the things that I'm going through now, personal issues with my family. Mm-hmm. I have to look at it from a different angle and a different perspective and just, just know. You just have to know that whatever's happening is happening for my good, regardless of where I am today, where my circumstances are. You know, there's something greater that's happening. And it's it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy process because you wanna you wanna see it. You like you really wanna that like you, you, it's it's, it's te- you want to be wanted to be tangible. Yeah, you want to hold this thing. Like I want to know that it's gonna be okay, instead of just saying that it's gonna be okay. But you just have to know without knowing, without any information whatsoever. You have to just mm-hmm. un- understand that it's being right. worked out for your for the greater good. And when it comes to our people, right. faith got us this far. <laughs> like we didn't know where we were gonna be fifty years ago <laughs> during the civil rights era. We didn't know what we were going to be 100 years ago when, you know, Marcus Garvey was going door to door and getting yeah. people, galvanizing our people to move us in a better exactly. direction. We definitely didn't know what was going to happen when we you know came through the Middle Passage or the Maafa. We didn't. We had no clue <laughs> what we were going to get what we we're getting ourselves into. So we've gotten this far. Now we're in the era of COVID mm-hmm. and, you know, everyone not being outside and socializing in exactly. certain gatherings and spaces. We're dealing with oh this overt racism that they try to call something else. And we're dealing with threats to the the white terrorism, threats to the American government. We're dealing with our own personal issues. Uh people our people are, you know, white having to stay terrorist. in the house and having to go to work and jobs we don't like. We we're not yeah. we're not knowing where our next check and our next meal is gonna come from, many of us. It's yes, that's stressful. Uh-huh. But we've gotten hit this uh-huh. far <laughs> through Strictly having faith, I'm. Sh- I'm pretty sure if we hold on to that faith and the belief yeah. that things will be better and work out, uh, work out for our good in the future, and in the things yeah. that we cannot see, we cannot physically see what the future holds. But if we hold on to the faith that got us here, I'm pretty sure we will be in a much better position. In faith, us here, faith will lead us, lead us on uh, to something better.
0: Exactly, and so you know that's the seven principles of Kwanzaa. And one last thing I would like to say Mm -hmm. with faith, a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King, faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase and that's powerful. So I'm just going to let his words speak for themselves. So um, this is another podcast episode of black out loud. We talked about Kwanzaa, the principles, the ceremonies, our own personal connections with Kwanzaa. So, um, I really enjoyed this podcast episode and I'm looking forward yes. to doing some more. What's up. Exactly. Thank you. Facts, me too. Well, um, listeners, that's our time for today.